irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The Hubble Space Telescope, also known as the HST, is a space telescope that was launched into low Earth orbit in the year 1990 and remains in operation to this day. With a 2.4-meter, or 7.9-foot mirror, Hubble's four main instruments observe in the near-ultraviolet, visible, and near-infrared spectrum. The telescope is named after the astronomer Edwin Hubble. Hubble's orbit outside the distortion of Earth's atmosphere allows it to take extremely high-resolution images with knowledgeable background light. Hubble has recorded some of the most detailed, visible light images ever, allowing a deep view into space and time. Many Hubble observations have led to breakthroughs in astrophysics, such as accurately determining the rate of the expansion of the universe. Although not the first space telescope, Hubble is one of the largest and most versatile and is well known as both a vital research tool and a public relations boon for astronomy. The HST was built by the United States Space Agency, NASA, with the contributions from the European Space Agency and is operated by the Space Telescope Science Institute. The Hubble Space Telescope is one of NASA's great observatories, along with the Compton Gamma Ray Observatory and the Chandra X-Ray Observatory and the Spitzer Space Telescope. Space telescopes were proposed as early as 1923. Hubble was funded in the 1970s with a proposed launch in 1983 
But the project was beset by technical delays, budget problems, and the Challenger disaster. When finally launched in 1990, seven years behind schedule, Hubble's main mirror was found to have been grounded incorrectly, compromising the telescope's capabilities. The optics were corrected to their intended quality by a servicing mission in the year 1993. Hubble is the only telescope designed to be serviced in space by astronauts. After launch by Space Shuttle Discovery in 1990, four subsequent Space Shuttle missions repaired, upgraded, and replaced systems of the telescope. A fifth mission was canceled on safety grounds following the Columbia disaster. However, however, after spirited public discussions, NASA Administrator Mike Griffin approved one final servicing mission, completed in the year 2009. The telescope is still operating as of the year 2015 and may last until the year 2020. Its scientific successor, the James Webb Space Telescope, is scheduled for launch in the year 2018. In 1923, Herman Oberth, considered a father of modern rocketry along with Robert H. Goddard and Konstantin Solkovsky, published The Rocket into the Planetary Space, which mentioned how a telescope could be propelled into Earth orbit by rockets. The history of the Hubble Space Telescope can be traced back as far as 1946 to the astronomer Lyman Spitzer's paper Quote, astronomical advantages of an extraterrestrial observatory, unquote. In it, he discussed the two main advantages that a space-based observatory would have over ground-based telescopes. First, the angular resolution. The smallest separation of which objects can be clearly distinguished would be limited only by diffraction, rather by the turbulence in the atmosphere which causes stars to twinkle, known to astronomers as seeing. At that time, ground-based telescopes were limited to resolutions of 0.5 to 1 arc second, compared to a theoretical diffraction-limited resolution of about 0.05 arc seconds for a telescope with a mirror of 2.5 meters in diameter. Second, a space-based telescope could observe infrared and ultraviolet light, which are strongly absorbed by the Earth's atmosphere. Spitzer devoted much of his career to pushing for the development of a space telescope. In 1962, a report by the U.S. National Academy of Sciences recommended the development of a space telescope as part of the space program, and in 1965, Spitzer was appointed as head of the committee, given the task of defining scientific objectives for a large space telescope. Space-based astronomy had begun on a very small scale following World War II, 
as scientists made use of the developments that had taken place in rocket technology. The first ultraviolet spectrum of the sun was obtained in 1946, and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, launched the Orbiting Solar Observatory to obtain UV, X-ray, and gamma-ray spectra in 1962. An orbiting solar telescope was launched in 1962 by the United Kingdom as part of the Aerial Space Program. And in 1966, NASA launched the first orbiting astronomical observatory mission. The orbiting astronomical observatories one's batteries failed after three days, terminating the mission. It was followed by Orbiting Astronomical Observatory 2, which carried out ultraviolet observations of stars and galaxies from its launch in 1968 until 1972, well beyond its original planned lifetime of one year. These OSA and AOA missions demonstrated the important role space-based observations could play in astronomy. And in 1968, NASA developed firm plans for a space-based reflecting telescope with a mirror three meters in diameter, known provisionally as the Large Orbiting Telescope or Large Space Telescope, the LST, with a launch slated for 1979. These plans emphasized the need for a manned maintenance mission to the telescope to ensure such a costly program had a lengthy working life, and the current development of plans for the reusable space shuttle indicated that the technology to allow this was soon to become available. The continuing success of the OAO program encouraged increasingly strong consensus within the astronomical community that the Large Space Telescope should be a major goal. In 1970, NASA established two committees, one to plan the engineering side of the Space Telescope project and the other to determine the scientific goals of the mission. Once these had been established, the next hurdle for NASA was to obtain funding for the instrument which would be far more costly than any Earth-based telescope. The U.S. Congress questioned many aspects of the proposed budget for the telescope and forced cuts in the budget for the planning stages, which at the time consisted of very detailed studies of potential instruments and hardware for the telescope. In 1974, public spending cuts led to Congress deleting all funding for the telescope project. In response to this cut in funding, a nationwide lobbying effort was coordinated among astronomers. Many astronomers met with congressmen and senators in person, and large-scale letter-writing campaigns were organized. The National Academy of Sciences published a report emphasizing the need for a space telescope, and eventually the Senate agreed to half of the budget that had originally been approved by Congress. These funding issues led to something of a reduction in the scale of the project, with the proposed mirror diameter reduced from 3 meters to 2.4 meters, both to cut costs and to allow a more compact and effective configuration for the telescope hardware. 
a proposed precursor 1.5-meter space telescope to test the system to be used on the main satellite was dropped, and budgetary concerns also prompted collaboration with the European Space Agency. The ESA agreed to provide funding and supply one of the first-generation instruments for the telescope, as well as the solar cells that would power it, and staff to work on the telescope in the United States in return for European astronomers being guaranteed at least 15% of the observing time on the telescope. The Congress eventually approved funding of $36 million in 1978, and the design of the LST began in earnest, aiming for a launch date of 1983. In 1983, the telescope was named after Edwin Hubble, who made one of the greatest scientific breakthroughs of the 20th century when he discovered that the universe is expanding. Once the Space Telescope Project had been given the go-ahead, work on the program was divided among many institutions. Marshall Space Flight Center, also known as MSFC, was given responsibility for the design, development, and construction of the telescope, while Goddard Space Flight Center was given overall control of the scientific instruments and ground control center for the space mission. Marshall Space Flight Center commissioned the optics company Perkins Elmer to design and build the Optical Telescope Assembly, or the OTA, and fine guidance sensors for the space telescope. Lockheed was commissioned to construct and integrate the spacecraft in which the telescope would be housed. Optically, the Hubble Space Telescope is a Cassegrain reflector of Ritchie Creechin design, as are most large professional telescopes. This design, with two hyperbolic mirrors, is known for good imaging performance over a wide field of view with the disadvantage that the mirrors have shapes that are hard to fabricate and test. The mirror and the optical system of the telescope determine the final performance, and they were designed to exacting specifications. Optical telescopes typically have mirrors polished to an accuracy about a tenth of the wavelength of visible light. But the space telescope was to be used for observations from the visible through the ultraviolet light and was specified to be diffraction limited to take full advantage of the space environment. Therefore, its mirror needed to be polished to an accuracy of 10 nanometers or about 1 65th the wavelength of red light. On the long wavelength end, the OTA was not designed with the optimum infrared performance in mind. For example, the mirrors are kept at stable and warm at about 15 degrees centigrade temperatures by heaters. This limits Hubble's performance in the as an infrared telescope. The manufacturer, Perkin Elmer, intended to use custom-built and extremely sophisticated computer-controlled polishing machines to grind the mirror to the required shape. However, 
in the case in case their cutting-edge technology ran into difficulties. NASA demanded that Perkins Elmer subcontract to Kodak to construct a backup mirror using traditional mirror polishing techniques. The team of Kodak and iTech also bid on the original mirror polishing work. Their bid called for the two companies to double-check each other's work, which would have almost certainly caught the polishing error that later caused such problems. The Kodak mirror is now on permanent display at the National Air and Space Museum. An iTech mirror built as part of an effort is now used in the 2.4-meter telescope at the Magdalena Ridge Observatory. Construction of the Perkins-Elmer mirror began in 1979. Starting with a blank manufactured by Corning from their ultra-low expansion glass, to keep the mirror's weight to a minimum, it consisted of inch-thick top and bottom plates sandwiching a honeycomb lattice. Perkins-Elmer simulated microgravity by supporting the mirror from the back with 130 rods that exerted varying amounts of force. This ensured that the mirror's final shape would be correct and to specifications when finally deployed. Mirror polishing continued until May 1981. NASA reports at the time questioned Perkins-Elmer's managerial structure and the polishing began to slip behind schedule and over budget. To save money, NASA halted work on the backup mirror and put the launch date of the telescope back to October 1984. The mirror was completed by the end of 1981. It was washed using 2,000 400 gallons or 9,100 liters of hot deionized water and then received a reflecting coating of a 6 to 5 nanometer thick aluminum and protective coating of a 25 nanometer thick magnesium fluoride. Doubts continued to be expressed about Perkins Elmer's competence on a project of this importance as their budget and timescale for producing the rest of the OTA continued to inflate. In response to a schedule described as unsettled and changing daily, NASA proposed postpone the launch date of the telescope until 1985. Perkins-Elmer's schedules continued to slip at a rate of about one month per quarter, and at times delays reached one day for each week of work. NASA was forced to propose postpone the launch date until March and then September 1986. By this time, the total project budget had risen to $1.17 billion. The spacecraft in which the telescope and instruments were to be housed was another major engineering challenge. It would have to withstand the frequent passages from direct sunlight into the darkness of Earth's shadow, which would cause major changes in temperature, while being stable enough to allow extremely accurate pointing of the telescope. 
A shroud of multi-layer insulation keeps the temperature within the telescopes stable and surrounds a light aluminum shell in which the telescope and instruments sit. Within the shell, a graphite epoxy frame keeps the working parts of the telescope firmly aligned. Because graphite composites are hygroscopic, there was a risk that water vapor absorbed by the truss while in Lockheed's clean room would later be expressed in the vacuum of space. The telescope's instruments would be covered in ice. To reduce that risk, a nitrogen gas purge was performed before launching the telescope into space. While construction of the spacecraft in which the telescope and instrument would be housed proceeded somewhat more smoothly than that of the construction of the OTA, Lockheed still experienced some budget and schedule slippage. And, by the summer of 1985, construction of the spacecraft was 30% over budget and three months behind schedule. A Marshall Space Flight Center report said that Lockheed tended to rely on NASA directions rather than take their own initiative in the construction. When launched, the Hubble Space Telescope carried five scientific instruments. The Wide Field and Planetary Camera, the Goddard High Resolution Spectrograph, the High Speed Photometer, the Faint Object Camera, and the Faint Object Spectrograph. The Wide Field and Planetary Cameras was a high-resolution imaging device primarily intended for optical observations. It was built by NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory and incorporated a set of 48 filters isolating spectral lines of particular astrophysical interest. The instrument contained eight charge-couple devices, or CCDs, divided between two cameras, each using four CCDs, each CCD had a resolution of 0.64 megapixels. The wide field camera covered a large angular field at the expense of resolution, while the planetary cameras took images at longer effective focal lengths than the wide field chips, giving it greater magnification. The Goddard high-resolution spectrograph was a spectrograph designed to operate in the ultraviolet. It was built by Goddard Space Flight Center and could achieve a spectral resolution of 90,000. Also optimized for ultraviolet observations were the FOC and FOS, which were capable of the highest spatial resolution an instrument on Hubble. Rather than CCDs, these three instruments used photon-counting digicons as their detectors. The faint object spectrograph was constructed by the European Space Agency, while the University of California San Diego and Martin Marietta Corporation built the faint 
object camera. The final instrument was the HSP, designed and built at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It was, visi- it was optimized for visible and ultraviolet light observations of variable stars and other astronomical objects, varying in brightness. It could take up to 100,000 me- measurements per second, with a photometric accuracy of about 2% or better. Hubble's Space Telescope's guidance system can also be used as a scientific instrument. Its three fine guidance sensors, or FGS, are primarily used to keep the telescope accurately pointed during an observation, but can also be used to carry out extremely accurate astrometry, measuring accurate to within 0.0003 arc seconds have been achieved. The Space Telescope Science Institute, also known as the STSCI, is responsible for the scientific operation of the telescope and the delivery of data products to astronomers. The STSCI is operated by the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy, also known as Aura, and is physically located in Baltimore, Maryland, on the Homewood campus of John Hopkins University, one of the 39 U.S. universities and seven international affiliates that make up the Aura Consortium. The Space Telescope Science Institute was established in 1981 after something of a power struggle between NASA and the scientific community at large. NASA had wanted to keep this function in-house, but... Scientists wanted it to be based on an academic establishment. The Space Telescope European Coordinating Facility, established at Gernschingen München near Munich in 1984, provided similar support for European astronomers until 2011, when these activities were moved to the European Space Astronomy Center. One rather complex task that falls to the Space Telescope Center is scheduling observations for the telescope. Hubble is in a low Earth orbit to enable servicing missions, but this means that the most astronomical that most astronomical targets are occulted by the Earth for slightly less than half of each orbit. Observations cannot take place when the telescope passes through the South Atlantic anomaly due to elevated radiation levels, and there are also sizable exclusion zones around the Sun, precluding observations of Mercury, Moon, and the Earth. The solar avoidance angle is about 50 degrees to keep sunlight from illuminating any part of the OTA. Earth and the moon avoidance keeps the bright light out of the FGS and keeps scattered light from entering the instruments. If the FGS are turned off, however, the moon and Earth can be observed. Earth observations were used 
very early in the program to generate flat fields for the wild field planetary camera number one instrument. There is also a so-called continuous viewing zone at roughly 90 degrees to the plane of Hubble's orbit in which targets are not occulted for long periods. Due to the precession of the orbit, the location of the CVC moves slowly over a period of eight weeks. Because the limb of the Earth is always within about 30 degrees of regions within the CVZ, the brightness of scattered Earthshine may be elevated for long periods during CVZ observations. Hubble orbits the upper atmosphere of an altitude of approximately 569 kilometers or 354 miles and an inclination of 28 and a half degrees. The position along its orbit changes over time in a way that is not accurately predictable. The density of the upper atmosphere varies according to many factors, and this means that the Hubble's predicted position for six weeks' time could be in error by up to 4,000 kilometers or 2,500 miles. Observation schedules are typically finalized only a few days in advance, as a longer lead time would mean there would be a chance that the target would not be observable by the time it was due to be observed. Engineering support for the Hubble Space Telescope is provided by NASA and contractor personnel at the Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, 48 kilometers or 30 miles south of the Space Telescope Science Institute. Hubble operation is monitored 24 hours a day by four teams of flight controllers who make up Hubble's flight operation team. By early 1986, the planned launch date of October that year looked feasible, but the Challenger accident brought the U.S. space program to a halt, grounding the space shuttle fleet and forcing the launch of Hubble to be postponed for several years. The telescope had to be kept in a clean room, powered up and purged with nitrogen until a launch could be rescheduled. This costly situation, about $6 million per month, pushed the overall cost of the project even higher. This delay did not allow time for engineers to perform extensive tests, swap out possible failure-prone batteries, and make other improvements. Further, the ground software needed to control Hubble was not ready in 1986, and in fact was barely ready by the 1990 launch date. Eventually, following the resumption of the shuttle flights in 1988, the launch of the telescope was scheduled for 1990. So, on April 24, 1990, shuttle mission STS-31 saw Discovery launch the telescope successfully into its planned orbit. From its original total cost estimate of about 400 million U.S. dollars, 
the Hubble Space Telescope had now cost over $2.5 billion to construct. Hubble's cumulative costs up to this day are estimated to be several times higher still, roughly $10 billion as of the year 2010. Within weeks of the launch of the telescope, the return images indicated a serious problem with the optical system. Although the first images appeared to be sharper than those of ground-based telescopes, Hubble failed to achieve a final sharp focus, and the best image quality obtained was drastically lower than expected. Images of point source spread out over a radius of more than one arc second. Instead of having a point spread function concentrated within a circle of 0.1 arc second in diameter, as been specified in the design criteria. Analysis of the flawed images showed that the case of the problem, the cause of the problem was that the primary mirror had been ground to the wrong shape. Although it was probably the most precisely figured mirror ever made, with variations from the prescribed curve of only 10 nanometers at the perimeter, it was too flat by about 2,200 nanometers, or 2.2 micrometers. This incredibly small difference was catastrophic, introducing severe spherical aberration, a flaw in which light reflecting off the edge of a mirror focuses on a different point from the light reflecting off its center. The effect of the mirror flaw on scientific observations depended on the particular observation. The core of the aberrant PSF was sharp enough to permit high-resolution observations of bright objects, and spectroscopy of point sources was only affected through a sensitivity loss. However, the loss of light to the large, out-of-focus halo severely reduced the usefulness of the telescope for faint objects, or high-contrast imaging. This meant that nearly all of the cosmological programs were essentially impossible, since they required observations of exceptionally faint objects. NASA and the telescope became the butt of many jokes, and the project was properly regarded as a white elephant. For instance, in the 1991 comedy The Naked Gun Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear, Hubble was pictured with the Titanic, the Hindenburg, and the Edsel. Nonetheless, during the first three years of the Hubble mission, before the optical rec- corrections the telescope still carried out a large number of productive observations of less demanding targets. The error was well characterized and stable, enabling astronomers to partially compensate for the defective mirror by using sophisticated image processing techniques such as deconvolution.
a commission headed by Lou Allen, director of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, was established to determine how the error could have arisen. The Allen Commission found that the main null corrector, a testing device used to achieve a properly shaped non-spherical mirror, had been incorrectly assembled. One lens was out of position by 1.3 millimeters. During the initial grinding and polishing of the mirror, Perkin Elmer analyzed its surface with two conventional null, null correctors. However, for the final manufacturing step, they switched to a custom-built null corrector designed explicitly to meet very strict tolerances. The incorrect assembly of the device resulted in the mirror being ground very precisely, but to the wrong shape. There was one later opportunity to catch the error, since for technical reasons, a few of the final tests needed to use the two conventional null correctors. These tests correctly reported spherical aberration, but were dismissed since the reflective null corrector that was custom-built was considered more accurate. The commission blamed the failings primarily on Perkins Elmer. Relations between NASA and the optics company had been severely strained during the telescope construction due to the frequent schedule slippage and cost overruns. NASA found that Perkins Elmer did not review or supervise the mirror construction adequately, did not assign its best optical scientist to the project as it had for the prototype, and in particular, did not involve the optical designers in the construction and verification of the mirror. While the commission heavily criticized Perkins Elmer for these managerial failings, NASA was also criticized for not picking up on the quality control shortcomings, such as relying totally on test results from a single instrument. The design of the telescope had always incorporated servicing missions, and astronomers immediately began to seek potential solutions to the problems that could be applied at first servicing mission scheduled for 1993. While Kodak had a ground, a backup mirror for Hubble, it would have been impossible to replace the mirror in orbit and too expensive and time-consuming to bring the telescope back to Earth for a refit. Instead, the fact that the mirror had been ground so precisely to the wrong shape led to the design of a new optical component with exactly the same error, but, in the opposite sense, to be added to the telescope at the servicing mission, effectively acting as spectacles to correct the spherical aberration. The first step was a precise characterization of the error in the main mirror. Working backwards from images of point sources, astronomers determined that the conic constant of the mirror, as built, 
was negative 1.1390 instead of the intended negative 1.00230. The same number was also derived by analyzing the null corrector used by Perkins Elmer to figure the mirror as well as by analyzing interferograms obtained during ground testing of the mirror. Because the way of the Hubble Space Telescope's instruments were designed, two different sets of correctors were required. The design of the wide field and planetary camera number two already planned to replace the existing wide field planetary camera number one included relay mirrors to detect light onto the four separate charge couple device chips, making up its two cameras. An inverse error built into their surfaces could completely cancel out the aberration of the primary. However, the other instruments lacked any intermediate surfaces that could be figured in this way, so required an external corrective device. This device was the Corrective Optic Space Telescope Axial Replacement system, or known as COSTAR. The COSTAR system was designed to correct the spherical aberration for light focused at the FOC, FOS, and GHRS. It consists of two mirrors in the light path, with one ground to correct the aberration. To fit the COSTAR system onto the telescope, one of the other instruments had to be removed, and so an astronomer selected the high-speed photometer to be sacrificed. By the year 2002, all of the original instruments requiring COSTAR had been replaced with instruments with their own corrective optics. COSTAR was removed and returned to Earth in 2009, where it is exhibited at the National Air and Space Museum. The area previously used by COSTAR is now occupied by the Cosmic Origins Spectrograph. Hubble was designed to accommodate regular servicing and equipment upgrades. Five servicing missions, Service Mission 1, 2, 3A, 3B, and 4, were flown by NASA space shuttles, the first in December 1993 and the last of May 2009. Servicing missions were delicate operations that began with maneuvering to intercept the telescope in orbit and carefully retrieving it when the shuttle's mechanical arm. The necessary work was then carried out in multiple tethered spacewalks over a period of four to five days. After a visual inspection of the telescope, astronauts conducted repairs, replaced failed or degraded components, upgraded equipment, and installed new instruments. Once work was complete, the telescope was redeployed, 
typically after boosting to a higher orbit, to address the orbital decay caused by atmospheric drag. Service mission, servicing Mission 1 After the problems with Hubble's mirror were discovered, the first servicing mission assumed greater importance, as the astronauts would need to do extensive work to install corrective optics. The seven astronauts for the mission were trained to use about a hundred specialized tools. Servicing Mission 1 flew aboard Endeavour in December 1993 and involved installation of several instruments and other equipment over 10 days. Most importantly, the high-speed photometer was replaced with the CoStar Corrective Optics Package and Wide Field Planetary Camera 1 was replaced with the Wide Field Planetary Camera 2 with an internal optical correction system. The solar arrays and their drive electronics were also replaced, as well as four gyroscopes in the telescope pointing system, two electrical control units and other electrical components, and two magnometers. The onboard computers were upgraded, and Hubble's orbit was boosted. On January 13, 1994, NASA declared the mission a complete success and showed the first sharper images. At the time, the mission was one of the most complex, involving five long extravehicular activity periods. Its success was a boon for NASA, as well as for the astronomers, with a more capable space telescope. Servicing Mission 2 Servicing Mission 2 was flown by Discovery in February 1997, replacing the GHRS and the FOS with the Space Telescope Imaging Spectrograph and the, new, and the Near Infrared Camera and Multi-Object Spectrometer replaced an Engineering and Space Tape Recorder with a new Solid State Recorder and repaired the thermal insulation. The near-infrared camera and multi-object spectrometer contained a heat sink of solid nitrogen to reduce the thermal noise from the instrument. But, shortly after it was installed, an unexpected thermal expansion resulted in part of the heat sink coming into contact with an optical baffle. This led to an increased warming rate for the instrument and reduced its original expected lifetime of 4.5 years to about 2 years. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet.
Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.